0: The person whom you're trying to reach is currently unavailable. Please leave a message after the beeps.
1: So, Luke, I hear birds chirping gently in the background. Whatever are you doing?
2: I am walking around the greatest Catholic university in, in the world. What are you doing? I am sitting in my underwear on my computer in my office. Yeah, listen... How times have changed, huh? Who would have thought th- that this would be the up situation 20 years ago? Not I. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I. Could have swore you'd be the one in the old underwear, but no. I, but no. Married to
2: Shannon, hanging out at your house. <laughs>
1: That's what we all thought. And the funny thing was, it would still be my house. Right? You, guys would be, you guys would be bumming it
2: off of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happy Father's Day, Luke. Happy Father's Thank Day. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to you, my good friend. You are a very good dad, and I aspire to be like you. So thank you for being a good father.
1: Better keep eating. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Uh, Man, oh, man. Hey, just Um, to let you know, I reached out to one of our many favorite priests, Father Michael Schmitz, today. I sent mm -hmm. him a meme that one of our Catching Foxes patrons had created on the Discord channel, Catching Foxes or uh, Patreon.com slash CF. And on that Discord channel, it said, I had a picture of a cute toddler about to jump into a swimming pool with a mother smiling, waiting to catch the child while her other child almost is drowning right next to the mother. And it said, catching foxes, the mother was me, and the drowning child was Father Michael Schmitz's Bible in a Year. So (laughs) Shannon said, you should send that to Father Mike Schmitz and say, Happy Father's Day. So I did. (laughs) About six hours later, he responded, "Uh, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. Happy Father's Day to you, too.
2: <laughs> Leave me alone. I'm very, very busy and very important. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. Good, uh, fun. Good fun with our fun. That's clergy. great, Man, man. Um, what a week. What a what week. What a week. What a, what a week. week. I got an A uh, right now. The first grade that I got in a grad school class was 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 an A. It was a two page paper worth five points, but I'm counting it. <laughs>
1: Oh man, isn't grad school great? Isn't grad
2: school great? I know. So take that <laughs> never I was gonna make I was gonna say a name of someone who dumped me because I failed out of college. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, who
1: dumped you because you failed out of college? What are you talking about?
2: You don't remember that?
1: Yes I do, but I want you to share the story with everyone else.
2: <laughs> no, I know. Come on, this Sorry. is our three hundredth episode, Luke. That's you true. bleed That's for the little... people. Let's go hard. Let's go hard. Okay. Everything's <laughs> an open book. So oh, I was this must be open. <laughs> <laughs> this is the clothes for 16 years. Ask her. <laughs> um, there, uh, there, <laughs> there's money in them wounds. There is. So, um, I was dating a girl. We went to spring break in California. We hung out with some friends and I was in orange County and I, and we met this, and I met this girl who was a Franciscan grad and, uh, Adam fell asleep. And so we were hanging out and started to chat and really hit it off. Well, started to date. Beautiful. And then I was, I had gone out there. It was, things were going very, very well. I was, I really think it was actually the first girl that I dated that I had actually like really loved, I would say. And, um, I know, I know. Like I fell for her very, very hard. And I still, to this day, um, don't, um, how do I, uh, like you know, you know, you know how you like dated certain girl. And, like, oh, I really didn't feel that. Like, it, I wasn't like that into her. Like, you know, I can see like, yeah, yeah. no, I like, I was. There's no like, she's one of there's like, you know, like three or four that are kind of the top ones. Mm-hmm. And she, I would say, next to my wife, was the one that I probably
1: that you could see yourself with long term. <laughs>
2: yes, yes, hands down, hands down. And so, uh, uh and then your old boy Luke decided to not go to class. <laughs> A decision made over and over again. <laughs> if only, if only uh, there was a way he could control his reckless imp- impulsivity. Oh wait, there was. Uh, so um, yeah, it's very like oh, it's very obvious now that I had a problem, and the problem was uh, in my brain. it's uh, well, anyways. Um, <laughs> so I th- I went to class because I was taking. So the plan was to complete school over the summer and to Orange County in, in, uh, I guess like in August or whatever. Um, I don't really remember the exact plan, but I mean, there was like a loose plan. I think, uh, I talked about plan and I went to class and I wasn't on the roster. And I was like, that's, that's funny. I, I registered. And then I went to the registrar's office and like, Oh, Oh, we're sorry. You haven't gotten your, you haven't gotten your, your, um, letter yet. Have you? And I was like, what, what letter? And they said, uh, yeah, you're on uh, academic, um, a suspension. You can't. You can't come. To, you can't come to school until uh, spring of 12, 2006. And I said, "Come again." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> they were like, "Yeah, this is awkward." And I was like, "It sure is." And so I had to. Um. Sorry about the fireworks. I'm not sure what's going on, but there are fireworks going off here. uh Yes. Yeah, so then I had to basically tell everyone, which was humiliating, and my entire life plans uh, had to all been in my mind be pushed back a year and this girl wanted to take some time to kind of, you know, like stop and think about that for a, for a bit. And, uh, I'll never, I'll never forget this moment while well, watching the usual suspects, a film that I you know, still like, um, I got a call and I could just tell by the tone of her voice. And then that was that. And, uh, <laughs> Hi Luke. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. It was just like, just like the, like the pause, and I was like, so, and then she's. I, remember, I won't. I, oh gosh, I, it's funny. I haven't thought about this, but I won't ever forget it. She, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that when I'm older, I will. But um, <laughs> she goes, "Well, you, you, you aren't going to like it." And I was like, I could be calm, or I could like lose my shit. Guess what's what I chose? Lose your shit.
1: Lose your shit.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's that's what I did, and so began the year of darkness.
1: <laughs> mm. Now, does that also coincide with the year of working at Olive
2: Garden? Yes, that's when I started doing that. <laughs> <And> it, <laughs> because when you're there, you're family. I mean... Yeah, it's totally. Nice. It's like you, you've got nowhere else to go, do you, fatty? Um, <laughs> actually, I, I got in shape, which was great. But um, no, and you know what? And I think I brought this up. So this is... I think I've, I've mentioned this once before on the show where I said, like, you know, I've... I had a relationship once. and We were talking about, I'm dating. And I think during, like, a 10-minute topic or something yeah,
0: that a person yeah. had
2: asked us about. And I'd said, you know, that, like, in hindsight, there was a girl that I dated. I could... She was right. And I still... I... Like say, yeah, like I understand now as an adult, um, I wouldn't want everybody to date someone like me at that point in time. Yeah. You know, I was a very nice person. I just, I, I, I do think there's some, you know, like obviously the ADHD was a, a factor
0: yeah.
2: and a major one of that, but even so I could have been more proactive about that. It, it had kind of been in the back of my mind, but I decided to not do anything about it. I, I don't, I don't like blame. I got like now I'm like, yeah, of course, like, like, I think like the one thing at the time, That bothered me that I think is in hindsight just like kind of the typical 20s bullshit thing where it's just like, I just, I feel like this is what God wants. And I remember telling, uh, telling at that time Aaron Little that now, now like Father, I'm a John Ignatius, who I just saw a couple days ago. Oh, nice. He goes, Well, God has crappy timing then, or something like that. (laughs) Like, like (laughs) well, brother, God must have crappy timing. Yeah. And so I, um, and that's just like the one, I mean, but like that's, that's, that's like a minor thing, you know, where it's just like, she just didn't want I think, I don't think she, I think deep down she knew she didn't want to be with a person who, whose life was on hold because of failing out of school. Like that's not the most, yeah. you know, hottest thing in the world. I would imagine to a girl who has her, who has her, uh, crap together.
1: I don't know. It is pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're a rock
2: star. It's not really all that interesting.
1: So you listened to, uh, the episode with me and Shannon episode two ninety nine. I did.
2: I, wait, hold on a second. What yeah. was the point of that story? What story? <laughs> why did I bring that up?
1: Uh, because we were talking. Uh, why did you bring it up? Oh, God. Oh, God.
2: I think feel like it was. it was at the service of a bigger point. <laughs> and I don't remember what that point was.
1: I think it was just something we referenced earlier. And you were like, yeah, like that time when a girl broke up with me. And I'm like, tell me the story. Oh, that's right. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Well, here's a side note. That'll be quick, so I won't forget the point of it. Uh, I just put my feet under my desk, and I found socks.
2: And I was like, oh, yeah. I really do kick these suckers off everywhere I go. <laughs> That's I wonder, true.
0: No wonder why my oh, wife oh, can hates
2: I, me. Can I add one quick thing about that, about yeah. that, like, whole relationship? So we actually, like, patched things off and became pretty good friends. There was always this weird kind of, like, oh, we get along, like, too well. There's a weird sexual energy. I mean, yeah. I mean, well, I don't know <laughs> if I would call it that, but, I, I mean, I, I think there was you – were, You were in love. You were in love and you couldn't wait to rip each other's clothes off. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, no, absolutely. No, there was – there's just this, like – compatibility that mm. was just very very like i still and i i thought about this not again i don't like i've thought about this once or twice over the past you know gosh now on the 16 years or whatever um like i have no doubt that like we could have gotten married mm. if i had my if i had myself together i mean like who knows i don't know i could have I um got out there and be like never mind which probably would have happened I, it, it could have and like and it could have <laughs> but I, re, I remember yeah and this was kind of weird i still don't really understand like why it happened but her and her so we were like i was friends with her friend that i put a post on facebook that i was out at, at um disneyland and she was like and you didn't tell me and i was like y- yeah i didn't and so um <laughs> they came and had like lunch with us and like went to the park with us and, um, for, but this is, I, I, I was, I, I was driving back home from California and we had Maggie Smith. Oh, sorry. We had nice. So you guys all remember Oh um, um, Maggie Smith from Mary Margaret is still single or something.
0: Yeah.
2: And one of our, uh, that's a great episode I think mm-hmm. for people who are single and trying to like, you know, like, is this my life? Like, how do I handle this? And so I was driving down, her family was going out to um, Disneyland. So I, so I went, so I like, um, i went with them. So like we went and got lunch with this girl and, her friend that 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 I had used to date and and like the chemistry was still was still there, like that that kind of like rapport, like we ref- and and I remember like she was and she had like just got married. And I remember having this thought of like, oh, I can never talk to you again. <laughs> well, I have to burn this bridge solidly to ash in order absolutely. To, okay. And I yeah. never con and like she never contacted me again, I never contacted her again. There was just this like and it w- wasn't out of this kind of um i don't have feelings for her or anything like that at, at all and have it in you know like two decades but it was more just this um oh that's not respectful to you or to, you know like yeah. to yeah 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 because yeah. and, and that just happened and i think it's kind of cool as an adult when you can like make those choices and it isn't really a big deal yeah agreed agreed so anyways sorry i've i've been talking a lot oh luke i mean you is... did hog the show last week so i know i know but hey <laughs> by the look, way by the way wait, 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 wait okay, sorry go, go 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 it
1: is good to have my real podcasting wife on the phone it was
2: right with her witty oh it's, it actually look, kinda this, just, this just
1: feels right this is I'm, i just want to wrap myself in you like a warm blanket
2: i mean shannon's fine do. but <laughs> do you realize we've done probably like what? Okay. How many, how long do you think it like, what's our average recording? Like our average length of recording. Average
1: length of a show is one hour and 16 minutes. Total runtime so far, 384 minutes of show content.
2: 300, wait, 384
1: minutes? Hours. That's it? Excuse me. 384 hours. 384 hours. Hours. <laughs> hours.
2: So I would say, how many hours to recording do you think we have to one hour of show? Uh,
1: Yeah. Pro- I would say we have probably, Six or seven hundred hours. I yeah, I think it might be higher than that. So we'll say let's just say seven hundred hours divided by twenty four hours in a day. That's almost a year. It's three hundred and fifty. Good gosh! Look at
2: that. We did it. We did it, America. (laughs) We did it. We did it. We did it. it. Oh Oh, man! Woo! Feels great to be relevant. Um, (laughs) (laughs) because it's not. Do you even exist? You do. You do. But no one cares. No, just get yourself
1: a podcast, people. Get yourself a podcast and call whatever podcast you do pints with just to make Matt Frad just pissed <laughs> off. We got pints with Jack, pints with Aquinas. We got a new pints podcast coming out.
2: I think it is cool. I, I've I've heard that you really like the pints with Jack show. They are a sponsor, and we thank them for being a sponsor. And I can't wait to listen to it.
1: That being said, <laughs> yeah, but see, here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing, though. Pints with pints with Jack makes a lot more sense because. I mean, the whole Math Rad's original concept, right, was where it's just like a thirty, forty-five minute like dip into a topic with with the angelic doctor, right? But now it's this awesome show because he merged it with the Math Rad show and all these things. But pints with Jack, like the Inklings used to like meet in a pub and they would drink pints and they would share stories and stuff like that. So I do, I, I and I, I can't remember when when they released theirs because theirs is not too theirs
2: is old. It's not as it's not as oh, okay. old as okay. ours.
1: But and I don't hold it against them. Kid, I'm not, I'm not
2: no trying problem. to. I'm not trying to say anything bad about them. Again, thank you for being a sponsor. Please come back again and again. I just. I could see. I could. I. Could, I can understand if like a, there was a more pints with like pints with whatever. Yeah. Matt, like I. I. I don't think Matt is really actually angry about that stuff. Uh, I think it was kinda kidding. Maybe the pints with Chesterson thing was real. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I think we should have a B side called like Pints With and then yours is like the US men's national team and mine should be like pints with Apple or something like that. <laughs> Maybe I reach out to Stacy awesome. who works for Apple and we just we just gab. We just gab about whatever Wait, we s- want. We have a listener who works for Apple? Yeah, she's the one that sent me the Apple Watch. <gasps> What, what, that's right, oh, Stacy. I this. forgot about you. Let me, let me say this. I have tried to visit her twice when I was in Austin, and both times it fell through. But my uh, Apple Watch, which was a Series Zero, I believe. It was like the first-run Apple Watch. Um, she offered it to her son. He's like, nah, I don't want it. And I'm like, why would your son not want it? She's like, I don't know. Pray for him. So she sent it to me. It has worked like a charm, right? Worked like a charm until I took it to, uh... oh, shoot, what was it? It wasn't Messy Games at Hidden Lake. It was some event that I did, some youth ministry thing, and I got it covered in goo, and, and the display is no longer responsive. It'll still work and take my time and stuff, but the, the display is no longer uh, – except in my clickety-clacks when I when – I- poke my chubby little sausage fingers on it so that makes me sad makes me sad yeah
2: well stacy i'm next in line so uh gomer can get his new one in about you know two or three years and i expect mine soon thanks (laughs) stacy well thanks thanks for listening
1: costco is starting their apple sales uh, in a week so uh, shannon's shannon needs a new laptop she has my original macbook air from like 2012 Uh, Mm -hmm. We have an iMac from 2013 upstairs, and then I have this 2019 iMac uh, or MacBook Pro, um, which I'm thinking about just replacing all of them with uh, Mac minis. And, uh, yeah, we have enough free-floating monitors that she could crush it. So I think
2: she'd enjoy it. I bought a new Air Mac for, for graduate school here at the University of Notre Dame. Uh, that's right, Luke Carey here for graduate school at the University of Notre Dame.
1: And he calls it an Air Mac, an Air Mac, which is the sequel to Air Bud, America's most lovable basketball-playing dog. Wait, it's called did I honestly
2: just, just, yeah, it did it I really just call Mac. it Air Mac? Oh, gosh. I, was, <laughs> I was so excited about the joke I was going to make about uh, being hey. Notre Dame that I... yeah Yeah. classic look hey what do you think about
1: my my uh notre dame fight song uh ben sounds rumble mashup
2: i loved it absolutely loved it. for as
1: long as you're at notre dame that's going to be the intro like this
2: works this works it was perfect (laughs) um so okay uh do you want to start with actually talk about let's just do a quick follow-up to last week's episode because i thought it was really cool
1: yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, I love doing it with Shannon. It was, it was funny. We sat down on the couch cause I thought anywhere else it wouldn't be comfortable for her. And, um, it just yeah. made, it made having a microphone cause we only had one microphone and like passing it backwards and forwards. It was super weird. And
2: yeah. we have done that one time and it sucks.
1: It does suck. So that's why, um, there were times where you could like barely hear her in the background cause these microphones are incredible at canceling out sound from the sides. Um, but I tried. So I had to make over – I think it was over 1,200 by the time I was done, 1,200 individual edits, whether Gosh. it was raising and lower the volume. At certain points where I would talk longer, I would just chop it and drop and create yeah. a new track. Um, I, and then um, at one point I was like, you know what? I'm just going to boost the audio for her the gain and then I'll put my mouth further away so it doesn't get super loud when I have I had a dollar every time I heard you say that yeah I know yeah. <laughs> I, I would. I just 72 dollars <laughs> I just can't keep my <laughs> mouth away from you um but the the whole idea was it was just it was it, it was finicky and um I told Shannon you know we me and Shannon recorded for probably about an hour and 25 minutes but only about 58 minutes of actual talk time made it to the show something like that maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. i trimmed a lot and i was like i trimmed the majority of the very beginning cuz that's where you're trying to get the conversation going you're dealing with the awkwardness you're making little jokes about oh i got a microphone here and you know and
2: uh, yeah it's yeah. so annoying
1: to have those little awkward th- beginning things but um when we actually started getting into so that's why it's like a little bit of leeway and then it's right into the the questions because i cut the like 4 or 5 minutes of like not really banter, but just trying to get comfortable with it.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it was really good. I thought it was. We, um, you know what? Let's just make this the most catching foxes episode. Let's be self retro. Let's be self um referential. Like way too much. Love it. Let's talk about podcasting. Way too much, which are kind of the same thing, but not exactly. I think our diehard listeners understand the difference. Let's talk about past stuff that we have no reason to um talk about, but might as well. Uh, sound, sound good. Yeah. I mean,
1: this is episode 300. It should be whatever we need it to be.
2: Yeah. I just, I, I didn't, I, I, I have to say we're at a point now with the show that I absolutely love where I, enjoy, like, I just get like, as soon as we start, I'm so excited to, yeah. to, to do it. And it's not that I ever don't want to do it, but you know how life is, or just tired or whatever. And, and then as soon as I hear, as soon as I hear your voice, it's like something inside me, just, you know. Goes, hooray! Yeah, that's called that's called arousal. It's called arousal,
1: <laughs> man.
2: Um, I wonder if these are dorms that I'm walking around. I don't think they are because they look too. Oh, they have, nice do they have Columbus. ivy? Ivy growing up the side? There's probably dorms. Oh, no, no. This is. I think these are the academic buildings. These are all very nice and it's uh, it's pretty. Man, this this campus is something else.
1: I love Notre Dame. I've been there. I've been there four times when I took students to Life Team Notre Dame when the leadership conference was there. Now it's at Benedictine, but it used to be there. And every time I would go, I was like, well, see you kids at the library. And they're like, I, we don't go to the library. And I'm like, well, I do. You're old enough. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. I listen. I don't care. You don't care. I don't care. You need to walk around more clearly. Uh, Me and a mutual good. friend of ours that we will name Jonathan would sneak away from our teens and go drinking at night in the local pubs. Because <laughs> we weren't put in this, in my defense, we weren't put in the same wing as our kids with the whole chaperone and safe environment stuff. They wouldn't put us near. So we, like youth ministers, stayed in one area and they just had RAs policing the dorms. So I would have my kids go out, like, they would pair off, and they would go do an Emmaus walk, and then they come back (laughs) to the dorms. Because the dorms locked at, like, 1030 for where the high school students were staying. So they were on lockdown, and we were in a different – we were in the same dorms with a different wing. And we could come and go as we pleased because we were adults, and I had a rental car. And there's bars. <laughs> I remember one time we went out with we went out with all the musicians that Life Team brought in. So it was me and me and one other youth minister, like twenty musicians. The full and they're full. They're all
2: very hip and cool. Matt
1: Matt Marr was there. It was Matt Marr and Ike, uh, Audrey Assad. Uh, it was her band. I don't think she came out with us that one night. We all went to go see some movie. I can't even remember what it was. Oh, it was so funny. Maybe it was a Batman, Superman movie. I don't know. But we all went. And then we went to a bar afterwards, and it was karaoke. So, of course, they crushed it, and I just drank. And then I got back to the – everything started at 5 a.m. <laughs> you would
2: karaoke with all these amazing musicians. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, guys, Wonderwall. So, baby. <laughs> um, hey, I uh, just canceled. I did the noise. I'm um, canceling thing on my uh, – um your ear, pods. on my yeah. earpod, So I don't know if that'll make a difference or not.
1: Okay. On your air Mac.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: Sorry. I forget. Sorry. That.
1: All right. So what is your topic? You have a take Gomer to the woodshed moment. Two, two, two. Oh shoot. I, I forgot the first one. Oh, you were going to talk about, you're going to be self-referential about the podcast.
2: No, oh, no, no. There was another taking to the woodshed thing that you had brought up. I was like, Oh, I want, but Oh, well, I forget. Okay. So this one, actually-
1: I lost you, Luke. You just hung up on me. A la beret, a la beret, a la beret. Where is Luke? Oh, Luke. That was weird. That was weird. Whoopsies. Okay, take Gomer to the woodshed.
2: Okay, so there was one again. There was one that I forgot. I'm drawing a blank on what it was, but it doesn't really matter. So the other one, it's, it's kind of serious. Oh, nice. Thanks, God. Um, hmm. So you, so there is there is a there is a, there is a story from your relationship who, with Shannon before you got married that I tend to bring up from time <laughs> to time. Yes. That doesn't put you in a bad light, but it's just an intense and dramatic story. You have brought up. I hate it when you bring up that story. And then I have said, asked you multiple times, does it really bother you? I won't do it. If it actually bothers you, if it's just a bit, you're saying totally fine, but I don't want to do that. I would, the last thing I would want to do is actually make you upset. Right, right, right. And then what did you say on that, on that show? I can't remember. What did I say? You said it actually pisses me off when he brings it up. <laughs> I was like, I was so mad. because. Oh, I don't was be like, mad. I was
1: hamming it up for the
2: kids. <laughs> no, you didn't. You, I know that tone of voice you, you used. <laughs> you <laughs> were serious. And I was like, don't Tassals. you tell me that. You
1: know my tone. <laughs>
2: I'm like, I asked you multiple times, does this bother you? And you said no. Well, let me say this. Let me,
1: let me put it in context. Let me put it in context. I think the last time you said it, it was such a broadside. Like I wasn't expecting it. <laughs> I think that's what. It's not that you bring it up. I mean, it was the lowest moment of my life. It should be laughed at. Uh, <laughs> exactly.
2: No, yeah, it really should be. It really should. <laughs> no, no. I'm just kidding. There's an airplane. I wasn't expecting that.
1: <laughs> that's the private jets for all the people with their oil. All the Catholics with their oil money flying back and forth for the games.
2: And it's a. It's a very low plane too. That's interesting. All right, go on.
1: No, that's it. I mean, that's all I was saying was uh, the the last time you brought up, I I, I, I I was a little broadsided, but I'm not. I'm never offended when you bring that up. Like literally okay. offended. I'm never. I would never be. Else, if I really was Luke, I would have a phone call with you and I would say, dude, you need to leave this crap alone. I've never done that to you. That's true. Okay, true, true, true. Maybe I. Okay, but you also, I was like for Truly's Fruit Punch in. When we started the podcast last night, so maybe I exaggerated a little.
2: <laughs> maybe I just wanted to, everyone to hate Luke so we, Team Gomer would just keep winning the coffee thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Team Gomer's winning by like a tenfold increase. I know. No one coffee. likes me, apparently.
2: Well, so that's really great. Well, Thanks, it's, everyone. It's
1: helpful when I keep saying Team Gomer over and over again.
2: know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Mm. <laughs> no, that was all. Okay.
1: Hey everyone, Gomer here. Let me talk to you real quick about Redacted Coffee Company. They specialize in premium small batch coffees that are roasted to order. Let me say that again. This means the coffee you order is roasted the same day it is shipped to you. That ensures the freshest possible coffee being delivered directly to your door. This is why when you get coffee, so many people have to put stuff in it because when you get bad coffee that was roasted weeks earlier and then you finally get it why my store coffee, it's just sitting on grocery store shelves and it's gross and that's why we have to add all this creamer and stuff because it's not fresh. Now, here's the deal. Redacted Coffee Company, their beans are ethically and sustainably sourced. They prioritize, is what I love, Catholic social teaching right here, they prioritize ensuring farmers are not exploited and are paid more than a living wage for their work. That's awesome. Also, redacted coffee beans are processed in an environmentally responsible way that does not waste water. They only ship to the U.S. and Canada because of the freshness, but also out of concern about companies just trying to give everything to everyone in the name of profit. They don't do K-Cups because they're wasteful, they're destructive, and also, and we all know this if we admit it in our hearts, they produce inferior cups of coffee. I also like their business model because their employee-owned redacted coffee believes that's the ethical thing to do. Catching Fox's listeners get 25% off their purchases. 25%, that's incredible, Okay. But <laughs> you have to choose your loyalty. You can use one of two promo codes, Team Luke or Team Gomer at checkout. No, there isn't a limit on the number of times you can use the promo code. Yes, this is a popularity contest. Gosh, I love these people over at Redacted Coffee. That's Redacted Coffee Company who's sponsoring this show, small batches, premium coffee roasted to order. Thank you all for sponsoring this episode of our show. <laughs> Team Gomer Okay, well, how about How funny was the ad read For the, the other thing um, Equip's um, video series
2: I know, that was pretty funny When <laughs>
1: I saw that it was Chris Barlow I was like Ooh. But how, fu- I mean, just think of the timing When this they ask us to do this promotion Right when me and Shannon are doing our, My That's interview right. with my wife And it's Chris Barlow I was like, I'm gonna go check out these videos This is gonna be great Holy crap, that's Chris Bartlett. Now, I love Chris Bartlett. He's incredible. As a minister, like, uh, I actually had a lot more in the ad where I, like, go off praising him, and I was like, okay, I don't need to have that because now it sounds like I'm covering up my jealous rage with, like, no, no, he's great. He's great. Let's take a brief break to talk about our friends over at Equipped. The statistics are pointing out what we've already seen with our own eyes. Engagement in the Catholic faith is not returning to what it was before the pandemic. Even though it may seem like the Catholic sky is falling, all is not lost. But we do need to take a bold action. Catholicism in the modern age requires new approaches to bring the love of God to a hurting world. Are you interested in figuring out how to practically do that? The team over at Equipped is hosting a free three-part video series that will break down what every Catholic needs to know about the state of the church and the world, and what to do to help the church thrive in these challenging times. It's called Catholicism in the Modern Age. This mini course is for anyone who wants their faith to be more than just a spectator sport. Parents, neighbors, friends, ministry leaders, priests, godparents, disciples, and yes, you. Anyone who desires to grow in their faith and invite others into the church will be equipped and encouraged by this video course. Each session is less than 15 minutes long and is filled with the latest research paired with our time-tested faith. By the end of the series, you will have clear practical steps that will transform you, your faith, your family, and the world around you. Also, as a crazy side note of this AMA, it's hosted by My Wife's ex-boyfriend that's right chris bartlett who is an amazing human being an excellent minister used to date my wife before me so click the affiliate link in the show notes and we get credit for you going catholicism in the modern age video mini course for you don't miss out the game has already changed the question is have you updated your strategy to thrive as a catholic disciple in this modern world thank you to our friends over at equipped for sponsoring this episode I love it when Luke makes fun of my most painful moment in my life.
2: It's great. It's great. You're <laughs> <laughs> crying in <the> front yard.
1: <laughs> hey, today I did. It was a rough Father's Day.
2: It was? What no, happened? I'm just kidding.
1: I'm just kidding. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> tell me your deepest, darkest thing that had to to you all. Oh, Name okay. names. Okay, l- let me tell you what happened today. This is the worst thing that happened today. The homily was so wretched, I grabbed my son and said, do you need a drink of the water fountain? Let's go. <laughs> and I grabbed his hand. And we went. To, he's like, uh, "Actually, yeah, I do." It was so bad. It was it was mission, world mission Sunday, you know, when they bring in oh, outside priests. Yeah, yeah. And this priest, yeah. like, he goes, "Oh, this is the sixth mass I've preached today." And I was like, "Oh, good. Maybe now he's got it down." Because I heard it was kind of rough yesterday. Nope, not even a little bit, man. He just he just told three rambling stories that had nothing to do with anything.
2: Yeah, those can, those can, it's kind of funny. Like, it, this is one of those uh, when you don't have the sausage is made moments. Cause I think if you're just a random, a random like, parishioner, you're probably excited that a person's going to be talking about that. But if you work for the church, you're just like, oh, here we go, see how this goes. <laughs> because it's quite often what happens. And this is, this isn't so true with people who are from overseas or something, but it just becomes kind of like a, There's a reason why guys join these orders, right? You know, like (laughs) at times it's just kind of a, oh, that's that's different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it was just, and it was like 40 minutes long. I just lost my mind. I was like, oh, this is going to be a quick mass. It's like 6.05 and we're already on the Gloria. And then it's like (laughs) homily time. Oh, dear Lord. And then, uh, but other than that, other than that, I had an awesome father's day. So let, let me run through it. I slept in till seven. My fam, Ooh. my kids brought me a cup of coffee or my wife brought me a cup of coffee that I drank in bed and they gave me a gift. My gift was uh, St. Joseph, the worker, uh, having a little intimate heart to heart with the child Jesus standing on top of nothing other than his woodworking table. Oh,
2: that's cool. It was really cool. They, it was. Really they cool. know what you like. Yes. And a hobby uh, that you're never going to pick up again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, I, I did I did laugh when um Shannon talked about like what 's a new thing you 're obsessed with for two months or something like that yeah <laughs> that was a good question, but, um, yeah. no,
1: and it was beautiful, and I just hung out with the kids. I took two naps, that was awesome, and uh, had lasagna for dinner, which in a gluten free house is a meal that doesn 't come by very often. And then had uh, a uh, cheesecake for dessert after evening mass. So it was nice. Well, that's awesome.
2: Oh, I'm good. I'm very happy for you. You, again, I think you're a wonderful father. So you deserve all the praise, all of the accolades. Yes, give it to me. I Feed sound me. very – it's like I'm lying when I said that. I'm sorry. I don't know why.
1: No, no, no. No, it sounded genuine. He said lying. Um, <laughs> how was my voice in the last episode? I sounded weird.
2: No, I thought um, – My voice was weird. I may have noticed that actually, but then I, I didn't really think too much of it. To be honest with you,
1: yeah, I kind of talk like this. Was she a great big fat person? <laughs> she A great big fat person. Uh, silence of the lambs. Um, but no, I uh, I had a. That's that's the. Have you seen this woman? Oh, was she a, great big, 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 <laughs> she a great, great big fat
2: person? I might be lost.
1: I really hope you are. Luke's lost on the campus of Notre Dame. Well, this looked like my door, but it's a
2: dining hall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I ate at a dining hall this this morning. That looks like Hol- um, Hogwarts. Like, no, no, that one is closed during the summer. Oh man, that's the one I would so, always
1: go to with the kids. I know. I think because of COVID, have the, they have the picture of the Holy Cross founder in there. Yeah, like, it's not is it's- that Dumbledore. That's crazy.
2: It's the guy. Who, it's not the founder. It's the guy who started Notre Dame. Oh, I thought it was a. Because I asked, because I had the same thought. I was like, is that Dumbledore? It's not. <laughs> um, I'm right. Like I'm by the building with the big dome, and it's just so beautiful.
1: Yeah, that, that's the administrative building, right?
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. You, I, my, I always thought it was the church. It is not. Yeah, I know a lot of people think that. The so, basilica. Um, I was mass in the gorgeous basilica. I, I've been there twice. When I like walked in, I was just dumbstruck. Like, yeah. is that a word? Dumbstruck. Yeah yeah awesome. yeah sure he's now um i was so just i was moved i was so moved and just you know i was uh telling um people in my cohort hi guys they are all listening i'm going to talk about them later but like I, when i first went to the when i went to um, notre dame out in paris i was a little bit underwhelmed by it at first just because i expected this huge building oh
1: yeah it's much smaller it's
2: much yeah just i just you know i just thought it was going to be this um, massive thing and it's not you know i mean it's, it's big it's big but it's not this you know like like it's not like the size of the Capitol or something like that you know which is what i think i was expecting like just something like really really massive and so um but when i walked in there i just so i've ever since then i kind of like kept my, my expectations for a church relatively low and when i saw that i was just like my gosh this is one of the most gorgeous churches i've ever been in. i i just i i, I did not just the, the blue is such I don't know how else to explain it, but it is such a Marian blue. Yeah. And it, it's interesting how it, how it like it does. And I just, how how it draws your eyes up. And it just, the whole thing is just absolutely incredible. So I just, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm going to, I'm, it might be kind of loud where I'm walking, but I don't want to walk near the grotto while people are praying. So
0: what is that horrible noise?
2: Yeah, it's like a light. <laughs> so sorry. Sorry, everyone.
1: So, Luke, hey, while leaving my office to get a glass of
2: wine, I tripped and fell over the fan cord oh I, again, always I feel like you finished, this is the most catching foxes episode you you fell you ha- you're having fan issues, you are drinking wine, I'm sweating profusely
0: <laughs> no, she it touched be- my
2: leg. <laughs> It would be super
1: catching foxes if you were shirtless, laying down on a couch in the dark, playing with your belly. <laughs> Whoopsies. Sorry, did you hear that? What? No, I didn't. What was it? Uh,
2: okay. My ways was just telling me there's a road with restricted access coming up soon, which is true. Uh, but I'm not going to be going down that road.
1: Um, all so right, Luke, dr- uh, Real all quick. Right. It has been 36 minutes, and I want to be respectful of your crazy-ass schedule, so... You want to shoot for maybe 30, 25, 30 more minutes?
2: Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, th- that, uh, yes, absolutely. Because I would just—it's—it's it's really nice just to be able to um chat with you and stuff. But yeah, yeah that because I've got some accounting homework I need to finish up. Cool. So uh, as he he says, while well, he has a um, a in grad school
1: <laughs> for a yeah, two-page points. paper with five
2: <laughs> points. <laughs> That's awesome. Was it
1: in accounting?
2: No, no, this was in my HR my HR class. And then I had an accounting quiz on this, this was so funny. So I, I, we had our accounting quiz on Friday, and I came out of there and I was like, I kicked ass! Like I did, I, I rocked that. And then as soon as I saw my friends, I, I was like, <laughs> um, I have an undue sense of almost self confidence. Should I feel? Should I feel that way? And the answer to that was no, I shouldn't, because I got an easy answer wrong. <laughs> and we all had different. Um, we all had different um, numbers for the equation at. For the problem at the end and we were like well that sucks
1: oh that's so funny oh man that would just but like be
2: pure fear for me oh no i was t- I, dude i have i i don't get nervous for the most part when we do live podcasts i get pretty excited um and you know like we did the one in san diego uh there were like 300 people there and i was just like hey this is gonna be awesome like i'm pumped i was so nervous before this test my heart was pounding and I was like, I haven't felt this this unnervous since I played sports or something, or like our first live show or whatever. <laughs> Where that, and then the booze with the live shows might also help.
1: Yeah, you don't really want to have booze in grad school when you're taking a test. Although it is Notre Dame, it is the Fighting Irish.
2: I have been drinking more than I expected I would, which has been a nice, nice thing.
1: Let me just say the fact that your first week there, you're like, I'm at a pub. I was like, yeah, no, Luke, Luke Luke was saying the whole time, oh, I'm not going to drink. I will be way too busy. And I'm like, no, he'll have the cohort, the group of people that he's going through this with. I guarantee you they'll want to do a social in that first week. And then sure enough, sure enough, you're calling me at 2 o'clock in the morning. Do you think I'm still pretty? Do you think I still got it? I'm like, baby, you got it. It's fine.
2: <laughs> you don't sure look you at me an anymore. You look at me like the way you used to. Mm-hmm. Are, are you more in love with your other podcast host? Just, just tell me. I'm going to handle it. Well, he
1: is an exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> he
2: he can absolutely kick the shit out of both of us with one hand behind his back. So this is the, the saddest thing about us losing
1: the Dave Van Bickle episode is not just him pouring his heart out about what it's like to be a caretaker for his wife for the last X amount of years plus his, you know, kids and all the stuff going on, but was when he shared the greatest stories about being a bouncer and beating and and hospitalizing skinheads. Yeah. I literally, I told that story to the kids at vacation Bible school. Like I was so excited about the story. I'm like, (laughs) guys, you got to hear this he hospitalized three skinheads (laughs) and they're like dave did that i'm like i know wait you listen to our podcast i'm like of course we do so it was beautiful i was like do you listen to catching foxes they're like no we're in fifth grade i'm like all right all right (laughs) that's
2: so funny um so uh i was gonna say something wait what what were we talking about
1: Oh, I don't know. You in grad school and taking tests and stuff.
2: Cargo Pan joke remix. So, okay. Um, That's a deep (laughs) (laughs) cut. Yeah, so that was was, uh, just for you. All right. So I've really been enjoying this. And it's been very cool because um, I'm trying to not compare it to my time at Franciscan for a couple of reasons. One, I'm just older. And two, it's been it's been a long time, and so I don't want to like I don't you know like all all of my memories of it are um, memories of memories, you know. So it's not really fair to be like, well, at Franciscan it was like this because I'm like, was it? I don't remember, yeah, you know. And so um, that being said, I have been very impressed with how Notre Dame does community, yeah. Like it's pretty, and it's very intentional. And I could see, like, you know, again, I know how the sausage is made with a lot of stuff here. So I can see what they're doing. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're, this is good. Like you're smart. Like I, you're, this is good. Way to go. Um, and so I've made some, like my whole cohort is awesome. Like they're just, great. these people are doing incredible work. Uh, I've got a group project with a guy out um, who is in Nepal actually, and he, we had to like change our time because he's an expert on, um, I feel like risk management with floods and there, and it is monsoon season right now. So we had to go on TV at like seven in the morning. Wow. And he's around like 10 and 40, he's like nine hours and 45 minutes ahead of us. And so, um, and there was people from, I got, I, I, I was able to, uh, I have a friend here who is, uh, he, um, is from a Chile. And that's been very cool because um we talk about World cup stuff, so World cup stuff we talk uh he already wants me to come down for a world cup on a qualification game I'm like i i want to I really really do and um his name is Felipe, so hi felipe um and uh it's cool because I've made like a really good like like this is what always happens to me I always have like a really good core like core um core', uh, core like, group cooper friends and they're like they're really, really cool. And um, how I found it kind of all started was uh, I was walking around on campus, and you know how I sweat, right? Yes, yes. I imagine you doing that right now. Yeah, and it's very, very humid, and I'm sweating. Pre- um, how do I sound? By the way, do I? You, do I you sound glitched okay? out. You glitched out a
1: little bit there, but uh, you got better.
2: Okay, okay. Because I want to tell, I'm going to tell this, and then I'm because I'm in my car right now. I don't want to lose a signal when I go into my apartment building. So, which is what will happen. Mm. Right so, okay, sorry. So I'm out. Walk, I want to walk, I want to like see campus and stuff. And my apartment is right across the street from like, it's literally like right across the street from the Southeastern part of, uh, part of Notre Dame's campus. It's, and I am across the street from my apartment is the practice football field, which is kind of awesome. So I wanted to walk around on campus. I wanted to see, just to see like where all of the built, so there are two main buildings that, 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 that I'm in and it's awesome. And I'm staring at it right now. It's right by Notre Dame's on um, football. Stadium, like right by it. Cool. So I see it every day, which is just absolutely incredible. And um, so I'm going on a walk and I like this guy is, you know, on his phone. This is when I get here last. So I, like this is about like a week ago. And there's this guy who's on his phone and he looks at me, and I like have this thought of, okay, this is either a catching foxes um listener, which would be kind of awesome, or it is a person who is in my cohort. Was kind of hoping it was gonna be a catching foxes um listener because that's just fun. To, like have your ego strokes like that. Yes, definitely. But uh, it, it wasn't. It was, it was this guy named Dave, who was really, really cool. He works over at something with, like, a um, nature center up in, uh, up in Michigan. And so, like, we just end up – I'm um, hanging out, We and we, like, walk around on campus and stuff, just kind of, like, talk about what we're doing and all of our um, education and, and, and stuff. And I've made a really – I'm so impressed with the people who are in this group and and like the people that I'm, that I'm, that I'm hanging out with the most, they're just like, they're doing awesome things and they've done awesome, um, awesome uh, stuff. And they're just like, I'm glad that I'm friends with them because they are so competent. And I'm just like, please let me have just like 10% of that. And I think think I will be okay here,
1: man. I'm not at all. I'm not at all jealous of your new friends. Thank God. I'm (laughs) I'm so secure and strong (laughs) and who I am as a person. Oh, No, this is great. I love hearing all these stories about people who aren't me there with you. You probably, do they hold hands with you and go for walks like I do for you? Do they do they brush your hair while you sleep like I do for you? Probably not.
2: Do they give me crap when I when I walk in at 4 in the morning? Because I've been out, I'm drinking all night, and you're in bed? and I had to get
1: up at 6. It was oh, 4.30, and I had to it drive an hour. Mm, I had a right. I had an R-I-T-E that morning. How dare
2: you? <laughs> oh, that, was a, that was a fun night. Okay, so, um, and so, uh, let me just, um, so like this group, so there's this, there's this, I'm um, a guy named Um Ryan who works out in like, um, Cincinnati and he, and he helps um run this foundation that is, that is part of his, part of his, um, company, which I am obsessed with his company's, um, culture. I will talk to you about it, I'll, I'll talk to you about, about it later. It's like incredible. They're just so high performing and ins- insanely driven than there is. So, oh yeah, so guess is also in, this in in my cohort. I don't know. Bob Saget. exactly. He loves his dick jokes. So we are um, in the, <laughs> so we're in, like, the orientation or uh, in the orientation meeting, and there is this name on the screen for a person who's on Zoom, and it's Paul Sifuentes, or whatever his name is. Uh, Paul Sifuentes, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, No, no. Is that is that Paul? And then he walks in and I was like, You son of a bitch. So kinda <laughs> mad at you. But <laughs> Remember, I thought he hated me. I was like, so annoyed with it. Yeah. I was like, people love me. I'm Luke. (laughs) (laughs) Team Luke. Sure, one out of every eight people vote for Team Comer, but Team
1: Luke still matters. No, for those of you who don't know, me and Luke did a young adult event in Washington, D.C., and uh, Paul Cifuentes was there. And we got along with him really, really well when we were there, but he kept jabbing Luke. He kept poking the bear. And then it was like afterwards, kept poking the bear. Now I've done like three events with Paul. I I love Paul. Uh,
2: yeah, he's so he's the director of on um, the youth ministry for the diocese of Indianapolis. Indianapolis, yeah. He's very very smart. Paul is very smart. He is, and he he's is. a good heart. He's a yeah. good man. He's a good man. So, and he and that's been really good to be able to like just spend a lot of time with him. And oh, then nice. um, he's in your cohort. Yeah. Yeah. That's so uh, we, have this, okay. we have like a core group of friends and, and like he's kind of part of it now. And then there's this there is this uh, there is this woman named Elizabeth who was in finance in Manhattan and kind of was like, hey, I think I'm I'm done with this. And so she came to us and she got her and she got her undergrad here and she, and um, uh, she has family here. So now she is doing this. And it's just it's just so it's like she's just like I'm a really smart very like just like very hardworking like has done a lot of stuff with you know her um her career like she worked at um ibm for for uh, for a bit and um just um very cool and then and then there's, there's just do name on the marty who works at um oh shoot marty i'm so sorry i forgot the name of your school it's like it's like i'm um, jesuit um academy outside outside of outside of like, chicago really nice guy like really just like has a has like a very good heart and um I told him I was probably going to skip one person, and I feel like I'm skipping a person. Was it the Chicago Jesuit Academy? I don't know. It's not the one that John Mulaney went to. It's one that Bill Murray went went to. And he has the best Bill Murray story ever. And so, um, and then, okay, so they're, they're – um... He went to Loyola Academy. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's it. So – Oh, oh shit, Luke, shit, 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 shit. shit. That's got <laughs> to <that's> an accident. <laughs> don't don't mind me. I'm from Ohio and I don't know what I'm doing. I'm podcasting. So I talked about Dave. I talked about uh, talked about Marty, talked about Paul, talked about Ryan. I'm talking about talked about Elizabeth. And it's been so it's been cool because we've 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 all just like like you feel like what's really cool about a program like this, you really feel like I don't know. It's kinda I was actually I'm thinking about this say during mass. It's only two weeks, but I feel like I have known these people for months. And, like, we, we're spending all of our time together, so I feel like I'm starting to get to know them, like, pretty well, actually. Like, they know a lot about, a lot about my life now. I know about theirs. And it's, it's pretty amazing. It's not even, like, a question now of, like, who am I going to go eat dinner with? It really is more of a, where are we going? Mm. And when you get to that point with, with people that you didn't even know eight, eight days earlier, like, that's pretty awesome. That is awesome.
1: That's awesome. I love it when people gel like that.
2: Yeah, and and like when you're doing stuff like when you're are when you are are learning at a Catholic school, it, it, there's just something about it where like we have this you know we have this almost, we have this almost shared faith and all of our faiths are you know they all I mean they're definitely um different but it's um it's really cool and I really like them and I really uh it's been like a really hard couple of you know it's been a hard um it's been a hard um fifteen months for all of us and kind of having like a friend group down in, down in Cincinnati and then having to go up to Dayton and still having it, but it's not quite the same. I, you know, I wish I could hang out with Kevin Heider all the time, but I can't. And it, it's just been nice to like, just like build, like to like build friendships, which is a thing that I haven't been able to do for the last um, 16 months or so.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's true. You know?
2: I, yeah. So it's like, I I haven't done this in a long time. And it, I, I really, I kind of feel like I could talk to these people about pretty much anything. That's really, Oh, uh, that, you know, is something going on in my life. They probably don't don't feel the same about me because I, you know, I will tell anyone anything for the most part. So, <laughs> you know, they might be like, well, Luke, you're uh, coming on a bit strong there. Um, but yeah, it's been, I, 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 I wanted to bring that up because I, I, I did not know how important community is to Notre Dame yeah. and, Having experienced it for 10 days now in a very intense setting, I don't, I mean, it's hard to just imagine it without the community. I get why people love it so much now. Can I, let me,
1: let me compare this to what I just experienced with Vacation Bible School, if I may. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, the Vacation Bible School is like preschool to fourth grade, and then fifth and sixth graders do this thing called Kingdom Builders. And that's typically now run by the youth ministers. has been for the last maybe four years. And. Before that, um, or and then after that, the older kids can volunteer to help out. So we have over 100 high school students that are volunteering at all different levels. And we have an amazing moms group called the St. Anne Society. And they run, and the the women affiliated with that, like they run like almost everything. And for VBS, I mean, they do these incredible sets and all this beautiful stuff. They really pour themselves out for this. So I, I love this this group. And I was assigned, uh, I think it was six adults. And uh, 18 assistants. And they were all so great. It's one of those experiences that I don't think we can fully grasp until we are immersed in a community for an extended period of time. So I had these people for a week. If I had had these people for an hour once a week or an hour and a half like a typical edge night or a life night, I would not have been able to get to know them and work with them. I have them for, you know, around four hours, three and a half hours a day every day for a week and you end up like by day four you're you're just like oh like you know each other to a level where it's like oh yeah you're the person that always does x and you're the person that i can rely on for y and you're the person that just automatically does z and i don't have to tell you to do anything you know like it's just an amazing experience the more you grow into these relationships with people Mm -hmm. And that's why for a lot of men, especially, um, but I'm sure for women too, but I know for men, men find it harder to make friends. And so work is where they make friends. And so when work takes them away or they work remotely, a lot of men go into depression. Like at first they're like, I'm loving this. I'm on zoom. I get to do my thing. You know, I'm alone. I don't have to worry about all this stuff. But it's like that it diminishes their camaraderie in a way that, you know, and I'm sure the same things for women, but, uh, I just know that it's harder for older men to make friends and to go out of themselves and do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's their wives that are, tend- you know, typically the wives that are dragging them to dinners and social engagements and all this stuff. And so, um, I can just imagine for someone like you, who's such an extrovert and you feed off that community that you've had to really quarantine for Everly for her birth and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, like where I didn't have to do that, right? Like, you know, I've been hanging out with people um, since April, you know, like, yeah, like, (laughs) like when Fauci said like, you know, limited, some of you can have barbecues or maybe when Fauci was uh, governor of New York. Like you can have a limited number of people at your 4th of July barbecue And uh, there was a meme that went around Texas, like, immediately, which was, y'all stop barbecuing? Right? And it's so funny because that's literally, like, I must have barbecued so many times. Uh, But um, just to think about what that did to so many people's working relationships, which are their friendships, which are their community. Eight hours, nine hours a day with the same people, and then all of a sudden that's taken away from you. Yeah, it's powerful, man. It's powerful.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's just not the same, you know, and we have a hybrid right now. So there are some people who are doing it over right. Zoom and they're all really, really great, but it's just not the same, you know, and it's, it, it's been nice when we've had to do some group, uh, we have a group project that we're doing in our, in our HR a- class. So it's nice to be able to, it's nice to be able to interact with the people who are doing it over yeah. um, Zoom there because we can kind of, um, we just like have a conversation, but if we're in the classroom, it's just, it's just isn't impossible. Um, so. Yeah.
1: Watch the teacher, yeah,
2: yeah. So I've got about like ten or fifteen minutes left, and yeah. I need to talk with you about my about my um, accounting class.
1: Okay, um, Luke, you are the only human being that can make accounting fun and interesting, and not in the teaching of it, but just in the telling the story. So let's hear it.
2: I so I have this accounting class, and, it's, and it is a taught by uh, two by. Two professors and one has been here since 19 – like 1973 or something. Whoa! Are they brothers? No, no. Okay. And then the other one, he was a student when the, when the first one started to teach her. But he's pretty much been here the entire time as, as well. Cool. And I am not kidding. They're some of the two of the greatest teachers I have ever had. And they embody everything great about this school, especially its Catholicity they start every class with a quick prayer and they have a quick, they have a quick Bible reading that usually relates to uh, it's something out of the Bible. They can kind of relate to accounting. They, like this one guy, he was, he used to run over at like, uh, they, they, they called it um, under the dome. He would like, he had to like do a thing for their accounting where he had to show how much they needed to like um, um, raise tuition one year. And he got choked up talking about it because it just, for him, I think he kind of saw that, he was in, going to probably raise to a point where people like him wouldn't be able to afford to go there. If he'd been a student at that point in time oh, and goodness. he got choked up telling that. And I, they, now I, I, I understand that like, you know, no school is, is like perfect. And these are guys at their best at their peak. These are people who they've got it down on what they are doing. They are such humble men. Like there is like one of them. He wrote a paper with Warren Buffett. Um, What's his name? uh ed i want to make sure i get it get it right here um give me a second ed hums i believe
1: oh yeah edward hums man that guy's awesome you know
2: how i am with names and stuff um how do you know him yeah ed ed hums h-u-m-s well and ken milani
1: and who what was the second ken milani is ken ken is is it ken milani the guy he's kind of bald He's got bald head, but he's
2: yeah. He's he is the older one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I just brought
1: up their profiles in the Mendoza College of Business. Thing. Old Edward Hums!
2: <laughs> Old oh, Ed. Um, I'm going to try to get him on the podcast. They they're, they are they're the best stories. They're the be- They just they embody everything great about Catholic education. They they bring in the faith like in just very natural ways. And I was like, "Oh, this is the Notre Dame that all my friends tell me about like this right like this is it, like this is it. this is it. This is everything great about the school right here. It isn't the football team, it's not the cool buildings. It's right here the way these guys teach the compassion and care that they have and just the competency that they have, and the way they're able to break down these very complex things in very simple ways for us to be able to use like they're teaching me on managerial accounting. i'm like I'm learning stuff, and I'm just so, cause I was worried. I, was, I, I, it kind of hit me like right before we began, I was like, wait, this is two weeks. Am I going to retain this? Like, and they actually have talked about during our, during our orientation, they had brought up how like, you might feel like you um, aren't retaining it, but you'll be surprised with what you will remember when you leave. And it makes sense now. I've already started to see that a little bit. That's cool. and. Do you remember that so I sent a text to our um WhatsApp group with like all of our buddies from from school and I said this uh I don't remember exactly what I said and you brought up something very interesting that I wanted to um talk about for a bit while I had like 5 minutes left <laughs> getting to the meat of the thing um the first thing that you went where well, you you said how the sc- the school's gotten better and you were referring to um um the theology, the theology department. department here, and I think it's interesting that you brought that up because, and I know that that's also your world. So I'm not trying to say like yeah. you know like why'd you do that, dumb dumb. Um, what I am saying though is I, I think I do wonder because like you know how many people when we were at school would they would talk. I, I mean I've heard people say like is this even a Catholic school?
0: Yeah.
2: And which after being here I'm like holy shit like there's a there's a chapel in every building here. Yeah. Like, and the chapels are nicer than the chapels at Franciscan. Like it's, um, yeah, well, they have money. It's not even, they have money. <laughs> that's, that's true. And, and they have, and, and, and I will say like, they've been around for twice as long as Franciscan as, as well. So, um, uh, so that, that also helps. But I, I just think that I don't think it's, and I, I, I'm not saying that like you are doing this. Okay. Cause, cause I know that I know that um theology is, is, um, your world. But I do think that people, when we judge our um, Catholic schools, we tend to talk about like what the theology department is like. And if they're all, if they're all like Orthodox, then like the school, I'll, I'll get the past. But if you have a, if you have, if you have a place, I'm like, if you have a place, I'm like Notre Dame, where perhaps they've um, been more progressive over the past half a century. I, th- I, 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 I feel ashamed that there were times in, in um in my life where I like didn't like um write these I didn't um write these school off, but I thought it wasn't as Catholic as it as it actually like I used that as my metric for how I judged yeah. it was people's opinion on um um on the theology department here over from again not like I'm not talking about right now I'm talking about for like the past half a century. Mm-hmm. I feel I I wish you guys could see what this has been like. Because it has been such a wonderful experience in every aspect, and it's because of the catholicity of this place that it is so good, and because they deeply care about the dignity of the human person here, and they deeply care about you being in being in community, and they really care about you being your absolute best. It's not like they they brought up um, one. Of, I think this was Professor Milani had brought up that Father um, Hesberg. I told him like, you know, we like we know that our um students are going to go and change, they're gonna have a heart to go and change the world and they wanna go and make an impact. It's our job to make sure that they are competent in doing while they go and do that in doing so.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say I would say I agree with you hundred percent that Notre Dame is a very Catholic school. And I never would have said differently, but um in in my world, right, theology departments. Tend to drive theological conversations outside the university. And Notre Dame in the 90s and 80s, 90s, and early 2000s was known as like just a bastion of the same kind of mind numbing blah Catholicism that was found in every other Catholic school. And so, one of the things that you found, um, Dr. Peter Crave said this when he's talking about Boston University or Boston College, whichever one's the Catholic one that he's at. Um, he Boston said, college. it's funny, you never, when you go to a Catholic college, don't go to the theology department. They're almost entirely corrupt. Go to the philosophy department, and you will find the most Orthodox Catholics on campus. But the funny thing with Notre Dame, which that was totally true of Notre Dame, people like Ralph McInerney and others, but at Notre Dame, that answer was also in, like you're you're telling us, like the accounting department, right? It was, it's such a part... The cool thing about Notre Dame, which was started in the 1800s, right, when Franc- mm-hmm. yeah. Franciscan was started in the 1900s. 1940s. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So a uh, 100 years earlier. Um, but with colleges like Notre Dame, this is where the tradition and legacy is in its favor because it builds such a strong culture that the people who become teachers are teachers there typically for life. You know, like they get that tenure track or they're doing research or whatever. And they are they are the Catholics who were strong in the fifties, sixties, seventies, and eighties who then mm-hmm. became professors there. And it's a part of their life. And they remember when they were students here what it looked like when the when the Catholic faith was just a, a part of the air you breathed. And that's one of the wonderful things about Franciscan that I love that I felt when I was on campus yeah, at Notre yeah, Dame. So- when I was at Notre Dame in two thousand and in the summer of two thousand and six. Um, we had the head of the theology department come and speak to us, youth ministers, and he was giving a talk on uh, f- um, the information as formation, that the content itself evangelizes. And it was a really beautiful talk. And then he opened it up for a QA, and the guy raised his hand and he goes, If you want our core teams to be Orthodox, um, how hard is it for us as parent volunteers at a parish level? get orthodox people when oh i don't know major catholic universities can't even get that for their theology faculty how would you suggest we do that and it was a really like asshole question but it was something that like a lot of the people were wondering and the the theology department head and i think i've shared the story before without skipping a beat he goes you do it one person at a time one year at a time and you change the tone of the people who represent the catholic faith you do it one person at a time one year at a time and, like, the whole place was like, oh, shit, this guy's cleaning house. And he did. He did. But it was known as, like, I mean, just another lukewarm bastion of, you know, somewhat progressive, somewhat Catholic, somewhat liberationist, Marxist stuff. Um, but all the, other, but that's the cool thing about Notre Dame, right? Even their coaches for football at one point were super devout Catholics. So it, it's cool.
2: Yeah. And I really like. And Regis Philbin went there. there. That's true. He did. He, he, he was looking Sparks. at the alumni list. I, am. I, I did not know about the Nicholas Sparks one. Yeah. Um. And I, you know, and it's funny. Because like, as I'm, um. I, I feel like I'm getting more liberal, which is funny because I don't really think I am, but I also feel like I am. It's, it's, it's very weird. Um. Well, sorry. I don't, I don't feel like I am, but I have people telling me that mm. like there are people in a podcast um, and one of reviews like I really like that one of the hosts is very conservative one of them is very liberal and I was like what what are you talking about
1: I literally had someone tell me off and they were like at least Luke is liberal or Luke is a progressive and I was like you don't know Luke (laughs) Luke has definitely definitely a broader heart and makes a lot more room for things than I do, or at least than I let on, because for my political expanse, it went libertarian, like anarcho-libertarian for a while. Yeah, but, but yeah. You, for you, you like you definitely. But <laughs> to call you that, it's just funny. But hey, God is not an American. <laughs>
2: I, mm, he never was, and um, you know it's it, and it's 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 binging here because like I like just like I. Um I'm more like I, I, how I explain it is I'm in, in the middle, but I lean right. Yeah, that's yeah, probably, I, I would say probably the. I for me.
0: Yeah. I,
2: that's probably yeah, yeah. And I think um, it's been interesting because I was I was you know like telling the, the I was like telling all, all my friends here about how I just I'm kind of at a point right now in the church where I feel like a bit like I don't really have a home because of just the last e- the last e- the um, last election. However, everyone was very. Pro Trump, and it just felt really alienating for me. I'm not trying to like create like a, I'm not trying to have a pity party here, or or, or or anything. But it was definitely um, probably more difficult than what I was willing to admit or what I even talked about on the podcast. And being, I've actually kind of liked being around more progressive on people while I've been here because it's allowed me to go to kind of like not have to constantly, i um, wrestle with it in my mind. I can, not in my mind, like it's, um, I feel like I'm always playing on mental gymnastics.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. Totally.
2: Be, yeah. Because I don't, because I want to be able to engage with people who are both more left or right leaning than me, which feels like it's, it's almost everyone. <laughs> and, um, and be like, I agree with this, but I don't agree with that. But I'm, I want to be able to have a conversation. So I'm not going to bring this part up here, but I'm going to talk about that, you know, and, it's been kind of interesting to do that here in a more like less, like a more left leaning space. Um, Because I I think the bulk of people in my cohort are probably more like, they're all like pretty progressive. And to be honest, I kind of liked it because it's allowed me to um, really go to really see like what I like about it. And there are certain things I'm like, I actually don't, I actually don't agree with this, but it's okay. I don't have to talk about it. And, as opposed to on the right, when I, when I talk with, with, with all of our friends who are on the right, I feel like I'm biting my tongue a lot, which is it, – it, it's weird because it's like the same it's – like, it's like the same feeling. I've been mean, having the same feeling about the same sides for a very long time, but it's – I feel like for the most part, it's, it is oh, it, it's more people on the right with occasional conversations with people on the left and to be in a place that is – to be with a group of people that are now leads left more. It's been kind of nice to have to like I'm a wrestle with that a bit and to be able to like say a couple of things that I feel like I almost think and not worry about like pissing off any of any of our uh, friends or anything. Hmm. Which I mean, and it's, it's not I don't think I hold any like insane ideas that like you know anyone would be like that. I mean, I, I sorry, I don't think people would be pissed. It just like you know how it is. Like when I brought up stuff like, well, I'm curious to hear about people's thought of about like the, of just about like. Um, universal health care and just other things like like that and it didn't go over well
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's so funny
1: all right luke for episode 300 we got to wrap it up it's one hour and 15 minutes in what, what Is this what do good do now? dude uh, i don't do you know. know i you just i just fell asleep for the last i don't know five liberal seconds Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> gosh someone get this guy a ben shapiro clip
2: <laughs> I'm just oh gosh i'm Man. just kidding um, we recorded early this time. It's this kind of weird.
1: Right. So what I'll do is tomorrow I'll actually edit it. And if it sucks, I'll say, hey, Luke, let's do another 20 minutes. And then I'm going to call Father Mike Schmitz and talk to him.
2: <laughs> no, if you did that without me, I'd be so crushed.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, Luke. You can't find any time for your little goma anymore.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm happy to be in a progressive space for a bit, Luke.
1: Yeah. Enjoy it with your godless heathens. <laughs>
2: enjoy it. Well, seriously, though, I... I think you'd really like all these people that that, that oh, I am. I'm fine. hanging out with. They're they're like just they're good people. Very very good people. And we've been drinking a lot, which is been great. Oh, can I tell you about our bartender really, really yeah, quick? Please, this is insane. Okay, so we get here. this bartender, and her name is Stacy. And it's at a bar that's on the, so it's on the corner of Eddie Street and the and the other street, which I don't remember how to pronounce it. Very very close to the school on the southeast side. I think it's close to the stadium. Worst bartender in the world. Hopefully, she doesn't listen to this, but like took forever. It was like really rude and blunt. And then it became kind of like, or is she the best? And by the best, we mean still the worst, but like great that like we're, we're with her. Yeah. And she, like, just I'm trying I don't even know how to explain it. Like, she started calling my friend um, Dave a bitch the other night and like told him to get his shit on it and to get to get over here take forever to get our drinks and then started to like grab a drink for herself kept it at the table and just come back and drink with us and would just talk and talk and talk and then overshared a whole bunch of stuff
1: <laughs>
2: and it got real awkward for, for i mean i'm talking like 10 minutes of stuff that was
1: oh that's the worst quit trying to be human wait staff
2: <laughs> No, it's, it was just like oh no we need to pray for you and we will um well you will and a it, bunch of
1: progressive heathens just kidding like
2: just kidding kidding. (laughs) they're all gonna listen they're all gonna hate you you know well listen and so uh it's just and it's just so funny like she just is just and she but here's the the cool part is like she remembers all the drinks that we want now so i get to say i will i will have the usual and she knows what to do i've been here for a week
1: that's so fun oh that's sad that's sad but it's funny
2: yeah so and then i spent a hundred dollars there and aaron called me like what are you doing and i was like i paid for everyone oh did you really luke (laughs) Well, because, um, I think it was, um, Ryan forgot his wallet and it was just, it was just easier that, that, oh, that, 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 way. Like, but they haven't covered my stuff in the past for dinner and stuff or whatever. Oh, so don't worry. You're not being replaced. It's never going to happen.
1: alright uh, you all right. Y'all, this has been Luke at Notre Dame. Dame. <laughs> all right. I'm trying to be respectful. Are you good? Are you good?
2: Yeah, I know. I should probably go. I do want to keep talking, but I... I, I want to
1: keep talking, too.
2: Hey, keep, but, text, yeah. keep
1: texting me. Remember, we're still friends. <laughs> I miss you. I miss you. They, I've known you longer than them. Remember that. <laughs> like, I know they're cool and stuff, and they know, know things, but, you know, I know atonement theology, sort of. It's really very confusing.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I, we were drinking last Sunday night, and I started to talk about, like, the split grace and nature and they were like what like i could tell they were kind of interested but also like wait what because <laughs> i'm like yeah but here's i'm gonna go from aquinas to do the second world war and i would all like how it all like i'm looking like, okay, an ex buckle up <laughs> here we do i know and i do, it's really funny too because like i keep trying to talk about like well hans or the baltasar says this and they have like no frame of reference for it i'm like i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> one
1: swedish guy or swedish guy swiss guy you may or may not know born in lucerne and they're like oh yes <laughs> i summered in lucerne and you're like did you know the von Balthazars? like oh yes we drank margaritas <laughs> on a yacht out of Monte casino with them <laughs> and you're like well did you know their catholic family very prominent in the theological world And they're like what is catholic <laughs>
2: <laughs> i'm like well you see dare we to hope is a wrong translation so people have been very upset over it <laughs> it is it has been fun and then i really do have got to go to be around um, people who just like aren't aware of like our world yeah and it's a good reminder that like catholicism is bigger than us yeah because you tend to get wrapped up we think like well everyone is aware of the fight between taylor marshall and bishop baron they're like who i'm like oh yeah you you, you have lives and don't care at all. Huh. Interesting. How does that work?